everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. We invite you to move in our hearts today. We come to you with our joys and our fears and our sadness and our tears and our laughter and our praise and our worship and our grief. But however we come to you, we just declare that we need you. We need you to strengthen us We need you to fill us with your spirit. We need you to be our teacher and our guide and our guardian. We thank you for your great love. Amen. So we will once again this morning be taking a second look at Psalm 23. We looked at Psalm 23 last week. Uh, through the lens of grief and the comfort and refreshment that, that a shepherd can bring. This week, we will be looking at it through the work, the lens of the work of the Holy Spirit. And so if you brought your Bibles, you can open up to Psalm 23. There are Bibles in the back, if you forgot yours, with the page numbers corresponding on the screen. And uh, actually, I bought a bunch more of those Bibles because I noticed sometimes on Sunday that the stack gets very low. So looking forward to... Uh, even getting more Bibles into your hands. But the, one of the reasons we're looking at it through the work of the Holy Spirit is in the vineyard, we believe in the like, amazing, miraculous, powerful work of God and the way that God shows up to us uh, post-Jesus' resurrection and ascension is through the Spirit of God. And we believe like in miracles and we believe God speaks, but we also believe in a spirit-filled life that takes on a certain character and form. And so as we read through this passage, we'll be looking at five qualities of a spirit-filled life. But then at the very end of the service, we will be providing time for an open mic for people to share what they believe God is putting on their hearts to be communicated to our church. So in the vineyard, we think that everybody can hear the voice of God. We believe that God is speaking to all people and that it is encouraged to share God's words to others when he gives those to us. So to put it another way, we believe that everybody has the gift of prophecy to one degree or another, that God wants to use us, not to predict the future, that's not what I mean by prophecy, but to speak God's words to people in a loving and encouraging and in a way that builds them up. So open mic at the very end of the service will be like shutting down the live stream at the end of worship. We'll be actually spending a little time listening for what God might want to share uh, in just a time of silence, but also seeking Uh, And then through worship, we can just continue that dialogue with God before 
the end where we have an open mic to share what we believe God has put on our hearts. So I'm going to try to be really brief, even though I have five points. But this is, uh, like I said, the second week. Uh, why, are they, why, are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> is that so funny? I'm just going to get this so that it's a little handier. You remember our shepherd's staff. I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Main point from last week. It is not just that we can use the words of Psalm 23 in moments of crisis or grief, but that we can know the shepherd. And that is a lifelong journey that begins with a simple decision and a prayer that says, God help me, and is lived out through a commitment to community, other people who are trying to follow their shepherd as well. And it is our shepherd that refreshes us. So we go to our shepherd uh, for all that we need. So Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. And so the first sign of a spirit-filled life is that you are refreshed by the shepherd. But verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And you maybe remember that the rod and the staff of the shepherd are actually two different tools. The rod is used to ward off predators. And we say and believe that Jesus defeated the great predator, that is death and sin, through his death and resurrection on the cross. And so death is defeated. So he defeats our great enemy. But the staff is this contraption here. And the staff actually represents a few different things. Last week, do you remember what we mentioned? in terms of the use of the staff. It is a tool of rescue. It is a tool of salvation. And so if you find yourself lost or stuck or simply on your back, unable to get up, which is something that can happen to a sheep. If it's weighed down with wool, it gets onto its back and it's like a turtle in the sense that all it can do is wiggle its legs and can't get itself rolled over. The staff is a symbol of salvation. But the staff is also a symbol of guidance and correction for the sheep. So I might come and hit you in the shin if you get too close while I'm holding this staff. Or I might just nudge you a little bit. And so one of the signs of a spirit-filled life is that you let your shepherd correct and guide you. This is, bless you, it's the church of blessing too. That, uh, that is part of what it means to be in a spirit-filled uh, life with your shepherd is that you are blessed, but we're not there yet. You got ahead of me. Uh, on the live stream, if you couldn't hear, someone just sneezed and everyone said, bless you. Uh, anyway, so the, the question is, what in your life are you surrendering to God right now, that without his guidance, without his correction, you would simply run headfirst into? If your answer is nothing, 
you might not have opened yourself up to the guidance and correction of your shepherd. Or it is possible that through the transformation of the Holy Spirit, you have arrived at only desiring the good, which I have not. <laughs> and it's a journey that we're on, but I would, I would say that none of us have arrived at that perfect space of loving only what is good and holy and, and righteous. So I ask the question again, have you opened yourself up to the leading to the correction, and to the guidance of your shepherd? Do you let him have the final authority? Do you let the words of the scripture stand above your own personal preferences or opinions? Do you let the scripture read you and correct you? Let's keep going. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. And this little passage, this little verse, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. The word anointing has this degree of like uh, empowerment or like you would anoint a king. But if we can borrow an image from what you do with oil for a sheep, I think this could help us a little bit. So there's this time of year where male sheep in particular get a little territorial about their female sheep. And you know what they do? They butt heads together. So in the modern day, what the shepherds use is like a engine grease, and they'll put grease on the heads of the rams. And it's, as I've been told, I've never seen this, as the rams go to butt each other, the, the grease just makes the, the impact kind of slide off. And so instead of having this, I'm tougher than you experience, the ram's like, what just happened? The, where was the impact? And they just slide right off of each other, and they look confused. And so... One of the indicators of a spirit-filled life has to do with living at peace with others, living in harmony with each other. Let's read from, uh, let's just put up the passage, Romans chapter 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. So some of us need to ask our shepherd to put a little oil on our head because we're always looking for a fight. And this is not the way of Jesus. We're always looking to defend our turf. We're always creating an equal and opposite action for every reaction or a reaction for every action. And so some of us simply need to ask God right now, pour oil on my head. And I would even, I'm going to create just five seconds of silence for you to think of the person or persons for whom you need to live at peace with as far as you are concerned. And if nobody comes to mind, ask a simple prayer. God, reveal to me the person for whom I need to live at peace with 
because I'm not right now. So here's 10 seconds of silence. And now ask what to do, how to live at peace. So God anoint our heads with oil. Amen. I told you I'd be moving fast, right? You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The words of Jesus are, love your enemies. You honor me, or simply you pour oil on my head, and my cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. So I was listening to a Jewish rabbi on this little phrase, my cup overflows with blessing, which is typically how the English translations uh, interpret this text. But uh, the rabbi says it's not actually an overflowing cup. It's a perfectly filled cup. And that has to do a little bit with the perspective of the person who's looking at the cup, doesn't it? So an optimist says the cup is, the cup is half full, and the pessimist says the cup is half But the person who has a spirit-filled life says, the cup is all that I need. The cup is perfectly full. So if you, again, look at the words of the New Testament, Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 4. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And so if you want real peace or if you want real joy joy, or if you truly want to be content, the secret is not to get more stuff or to buy more things or to have more money or to go on more vacations or to watch more Netflix or to get more likes. The secret is to let Jesus be the source of your strength and of your contentment. Psalm 23, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So if we look at the five now, qualities of a spirit-filled life. A spirit-filled life is refreshed by the shepherd. A spirit-filled life is open to the correction of the shepherd. The spirit-filled life is content in all circumstances. And finally, the spirit-filled life is in dialogue with God. So the person who lives in the house of the Lord forever, the person who sits at the Lord's table, is in the presence of our God and Father, and of his Son, Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And it is a relational space. To live in the house of God, to sit at the table of God, is a relational space where we are invited into dialogue 
So now I would invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 10. Last week, we looked at the second half of John chapter 10, or maybe it's the middle third, more likely. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. But uh, ahead of that passage, in verse... I'm guessing it's four. Did I put up a four? Yep. Jesus says, after he, the shepherd, Jesus is actually talking about himself here, after I have gathered his own flock, my own flock, I walk ahead of them and they follow me because they know my voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And so the invitation to come to know the voice of God is part of the invitation to follow Jesus and part of what it looks like to live a spirit-filled life and part of what it looks like to be guided by the voice of the shepherd, but also to simply have relationship with this shepherd. The conversation is the relationship. You can't actually have a relationship with someone else without having communication that goes in both directions. So prayer is not only us talking to God, it's opening up our hearts to let God talk to us. And I find that one of the barriers to learning the voice of the shepherd is we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be certain that this is truly, really the voice of God. Now, in my experience, it's a, it's a learned skill or process, where at the beginning, you are very unsure, is this God or is this my own internal dialogue? And over months and years of simply like letting it be and waiting and seeing and maybe discerning in community, going to your friends and saying, I feel like God is speaking this to me. What do you think? Does this sound like God? Does this line up with the inspiration of the Bible that we believe the Holy Spirit guided in its writing? And so one of the things we do in the vineyard, even when we hear God prophetically, remember, prophetic listening is a listening that is trying to hear God's voice, not to predict the future, but to speak God's words to others. It's, in other words, a forth-telling, not a foretelling. As we listen to the voice of God, we often begin with, this might be God, not Thus saith the Lord to you, and you must listen or you have upset God Almighty, right? No, it's, it's, I think God is saying something to me for your benefit, but let me know if it connects. It might just be my own stuff that's coming out, which is part of the discernment process of, is this my own prejudice? Prejudice is maybe a too strong word. Is this just what I'm really passionate and thinking about, or is this what God is putting on my heart? Not that those things are mutually exclusive, but it's good to kind of know and test and be aware of where your own voice can be made distinct from the voice of God. The other problem or barrier that I find personally to get in the way of hearing God's voice is I'll sit there and I say, like, God, what do you want to say to me? And that's just like too wide a window 
Because I just sit there and I'm like, hello? Is anybody out there? But when I've heard God's voice clearly, it's really been in two contexts. It's been unexpected, <laughs> in particular while I'm in, in a place of worship, where it's like, whoa, what, who was, what was that thought? You want me to, like, move? <laughs> and then I'll go and discern that with other people in the context of community. So it's either a surprise, it's unexpected, or it's a little bit focused. Instead of, God, what do you want to say to me? Which is like a very wide window, and it's hard for my brain to like even find something to settle on, and to narrow it down a little. And so as we listen, we'll just listen for a minute, and then we'll kind of let things ruminate through the worship uh, set. I'm going to ask you to either ask God for a specific word, maybe it's a word like hope, or maybe a phrase like, I love you, Um, or maybe it's a feeling like joy, or maybe it's a picture, like some of us actually imagine uh, very active uh, visual imaginations, and we connect with God through pictures. And so maybe it's the picture of a shepherd that has knelt down on its knees and is looking in the eyes of his sheep. But I miss any phrase I'm interested in. Or scripture. So maybe it's not, again, not like a whole chapter, but maybe it's a simple phrase that you ask God, bring a scripture or something from the Bible to my mind right now that is for the church. Or, maybe, or, or for me. <laughs> and so I'm not saying, God, give me, as, as I'm giving you kind of the directive, don't say, God, give me a word, picture, image, scripture, or whatever you want. Although if you're more experienced in prophetic listening, maybe you can just have the wide window. But if you're like me and still learning, maybe just narrow it. God, give me an image for this church. And then what might happen is you might get an image or a picture or a word. Continue to interact. Like that doesn't, that doesn't have to be the end of the communication. You can continue the conversation to say, God, what does this mean? Or God, show me more. And just wait and see what God does with that. And then I would say, especially if we're new to the prophetic listening, listen specifically for what God is wanting to say that would encourage or build up or edify the church. Because I actually, I think God gives corrective words. But just for instance, um, if you feel like God is saying, you know, our church, I'm just using this hypothetical, our church is like got some prejudice in it. Push into what would encourage the church. Don't say, you guys are a bunch of prejudiced, you know, mean-spirited people. Say, God is inviting us into a place of, like, gentleness and humility. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, So lean toward what would encourage and build up. That's actually the goal of prophecy, to lead us into the way of Jesus 
and into the life that he wants for us. And so we'll just leave that, uh, let's put that word image picture slide back up so that as you listen, if you like totally lose your track, train of thought, you'd be like, what am I doing here? It's quiet and it's dark. Just look back up at the screen and you'll be like, oh yes, yes, God, give me an image. <laughs> okay? Uh, I only speak from my own experience, really. Okay, so I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to speak and just give you a minute to listen for the words of God, and then we'll move into a time of worship, okay? So the band will come up. I'm not actually going to interrupt with an amen. After a minute, I'm going to nod to the worship team, and then they're going to come up, and you just stay in your place, and then the songs will start, and when you hear the music, you can stand or you can continue to pray, and uh, this will just be like time with Jesus. So, come Holy Spirit. We believe that you want to speak to us as individuals, but also as a community. So show us what it is that you want to reveal that would encourage and build up your church. Come Holy Spirit and speak. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.